God's heart is to make his bride beautiful. Say beautiful. Beautiful. That's God's heart. So his bride, Jesus' bride is the church. Okay, and so what is the church? Good word. It's you. It's me. It's people. It's not a building, okay? So the church is you and me, and the Lord is wanting his bride to be beautiful. So I, I, I want to share with you about relationships. And last week I, I started the, the, the sort of initiated the, the, the topic around reconciliation, about sacrificial love, that we are supposed to love one another because we will be known by our love for one another. That's what Jesus said. And all will know that you are my disciples because of the love that you have for one another. Okay. So, so I want to continue on that, on that topic around love. I want to speak about that. And uh, you see, the thing is, the scheme of the enemy, and this is very important. This can change your life if you understand this and you know how to deal with this. The scheme of the enemy is to wound us. He wants to wound us in our hearts. Because why? Wounded people wound people. Okay, so the enemy's scheme is he, he doesn't want it to be a beautiful bride. He wants you and me to be ugly. Because the devil wants the church, Christians, church people to push people away from God. But God's heart is that if the bride is beautiful, everybody will be drawn to Christ because of who we are, how beautiful we are, how loving we are, how kind we are, how humble we are, how, how generous we are. Okay, so God's desire is to have a beautiful bride. Now what happens is we run on our treadmill and we fall our teeth out and then you, you, you get wounded. Life happens. People disappoint us. Somebody hurt us. He, we, 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 and a wound is inflicted in our hearts. And the result is that we push into a place of probably selfishness and fear. Selfishness to protect ourselves. We build walls to protect ourselves. And also we move into a place of fear. We're afraid that I'm going to fall again. I'm afraid to get hurt again in one other relationship. The result is that it doesn't feel very loving. It's a trap. And every one of us have been through this on one level or another. It's a trap of the enemy to get us self-focused selfish and fearful. And the result is we are unable to love. I'm sure you've heard the scripture that said, for love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. But it's also true that fear cast out love. So the moment you and I find ourselves in a place of fear, we will battle to have right relationship with others. And so what happens is, there's a, the cycle of woundedness is perpetuated. In other words, a dad who is wounded himself wounds his children. When the child becomes dad, the cycle is perpetuated because he's wounded. So now he wounds the next. Or maybe a boss who is actually insecure and afraid responds with anger and steps on people and hurts them, 
So the employees are getting hurt, and then over time, the employees get promoted to boss level. What happens? Same cycle. Same thing. Well, this is how we roll here, huh? Stuff runs down. <laughs> sure you've heard that one somewhere. So the same cycle of, of woundedness is perpetuated in our environments. Or maybe, you know, wife hurts husband, breaks him down, telling him you're a so-and-so. Husband is hurt, husband responds, retaliates, and he wounds back. And you have chaos. Cycle of woundedness. So the enemy wants to, wounded people wound people. So if we want to be a community of a, a place of safety, a place where, where, where the love of God is present and tangible, we need to deal with our stuff, our baggage. We all have got it. We all have it on one level or another. You see, now there's different ways to respond to this as well. You can say, oh, I've got issues. Or you can say, praise God, that's my next area of upgrade. That's the, when the Lord puts his finger on an area, it's not to bring guilt or shame. He actually puts his finger there because he wants to set you free. He wants to upgrade you in that area. Okay, let's say it is time for an upgrade. Okay, time for an upgrade. You see, so many of us are not, a, we don't understand why are our relationships sometimes so squirrely. It's just you can't put your finger on, but something's wrong. Something's not working right. So, so what, is, what is baggage? Let me put the definition up there. Baggage defined. Unresolved incidents or relational disappointments that has wounded the heart. So the, the, the focus on unresolved. It's unresolved. Something happened. I'll give you a few examples in a moment. But something happened and it's still with you years later. Baggage manifests through the intangible parts of our lives, like distorted feelings, wrong beliefs, and stinking thinking that gets in the way of a healthy relational response. In other words, there's something under the surface. You're not even aware of it, but when there's conflict, when, you know, it's just like your response is just something's wrong, or maybe... <laughs> The response from the other side, something's not, this isn't, there's nothing logical yet. <laughs> something's wrong. And it influences our relationships, and often we're not even aware. If we allow these things unchecked, it will actually destroy our relationships. So we need to be aware of these things so we can deal with it. There's a, you know, sometimes relationships are like a, a suitcase that you're trying to put in too much. Who's tried that? You're putting in too much, just way too much. So now you're like really like, yeah, you know, you're like getting in there. You're like, come on, you know, I'm trying to, to make this thing work. I'm going to make it work. You know, so sometimes we come with the same way to our relationship. I'm going to make it work and I'm going to fit this thing in and I'm going to get my knee in there and then the elbow. I'm going to, yeah, it's going to work. I'm going to make it work. And no amount of effort can make it work if there's actually just too much stuff that you need to get in there or trying to push in there. So we want to unburden or remove these things that might be holding us back. Okay, so I want to give you a few examples of this. 
a few examples. So uh, it would be like uh, you've got a rock here. Let's say some of the men maybe here. Your girlfriend at school was unfaithful to you. And since then, it's an unresolved issue. You never dealt with it. And now for some reason, you are married today, but for some reason, you battle to trust your wife. You're suspicious. You battle to trust her. You always wondering what's happening. You've got this niggling, there's this fear on the inside of you, and you don't know what to do with it, but it's actually coming from back there. Now, that's baggage, unresolved incident, and it's impacting your underlying beliefs, your trust levels, and possibly also your, your beliefs. Like, you, you, you might tell yourself, I, I, things are going to go wrong. Trust, I can't trust her, you know? That underlying thing, I can't trust her. Another one might be, for instance, an underlying belief might be, because some bad things have happened in the past, you are now expecting more bad things to happen in the future. That's your underlying belief. Or maybe in your previous church, there was a, ladies, there was a, a friend of yours that gossiped about you, said some really, really bad stuff about you. And you just can't believe it. You see, like you would say, um, you know, when I think about it, it, I'm still angry. You know, that witch, you know, I can't believe she said that, you know. And so that, 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 that could impact you. The result could be is, I'm not going to trust anybody. I'm not going to allow myself to go through that pain again. Bottom line is, trust no one. Baggage. Trust no one. Another one, ex-husband. His words are still ringing in my ears. I remember how he said, it's all my fault. I remember him saying, you won't be able to make any relationship work because you are the problem. And those words are still ringing in the ear. Result, Fear about the future. Maybe I am the problem. Maybe guilt from the past having caused, it's my fault that, that we got divorced. It's, it's, it's me. Shame. Shame can result. Baggage. Baggage. I'm trying to hit you with a rock this morning, see if it fits somewhere. How about this one? Ladies. My husband hardly helps around the house. I'm busy with the kids. I make the food. I clean the house. He's just watching TV, doing his own thing. And I sit with the kids. And he's having fun out there. You know, and then i almost dead tired. I get into bed at night. I really have a headache. <laughs> and now he wants to be friendly with me. I'm like, men, they're so thick. <laughs> but you might feel, the result might be you feel used. You feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm worth nothing. You know, all I can, you know, and, and it can also maybe lead to fear. You know, I'm with the kids the whole day. Maybe he's going to get another woman for him, you know. I'm just trying to cope. 
And then fear, insecurity, anger, baggage, baggage that's going to influence. Next time husband comes like, hey, honey. Ah, what the heck's going on? You have no idea. You're just thinking, hey, this, I'm married to you. Come on. You know, what, what's wrong here? But you don't understand. There's so much stuff. There's so much baggage. There's so many things. It's like, you know, uh, baggage is almost like, you know, if you touch someone on a, on a scar, it was a wound, but it's now a scar. You touch on the scar, it's no issue. But if you touch someone on an open wound, you get the, the teeth and the claws. Have you ever experienced that? You said something to somebody, I'm sure every married person has experienced this gloriously. You're like, whoa, step away from the vehicle. It's like, (laughs) I'm going to be over there until you feel we can talk. No, but baggage, or sometimes, you know, we, you know, it happens to us. It's not the other person's baggage, it's, it's, it's ours, it's mine. You know, it happened uh, a while ago, um, I was sharing with someone my perspective on things from the past, and and then Sonica spoke to me in the car on the way back home. She said to me, uh, but that's not really exactly, you know, there's another side to the story, another side. And I was like, no, my perspective is the right perspective. In the end, you know, I, 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 I really, I became, I didn't handle it very well. <laughs> I justified my position, my perception, my perspective. I was like, but I, I was like, why am I so upset? Why am I responding so vehemently around this issue? Why am I trying to defend myself? Why am I trying to, to, to uh, you know? justify myself in this? Why don't I just humble myself and say, well, there is probably another perspective that balances mine a little bit out. But no, I was me. And then I went over like, do you know what they did to me? You know? And I realized wounds. It's a wound. Undealt wound from the past. I was carrying baggage. So my response was unloving, selfish, and proud. The result is I wounded my wife. And in the end, I had to realize, you're acting like an idiot. (laughs) Why am I acting like an idiot? I haven't dealt with the issue. So you need to ask this question, why did I respond like that? When you blow up again, when you lose it, when you become emotional, when you overreact, why did I respond like that? What do I need to unpack What lies am I believing? Where has my perception been distorted? Because these wounds distort our perception. You will, with all your heart, think this is reality. It's not reality. You need someone actually to help you get the right perspective. So how about this? A young girl, her dad commits to to take her for a milkshake when he comes back from the hardware store. So he goes to the hardware store. She stands at the door for more than two hours waiting for him. Dad comes back way later. 
drunk, slurred, slurred speech. And obviously he forgets about his promise to take his little girl to the hardware store. So now 20, ah, I mean two for milkshake, sorry. <laughs> hardware store, that would be a nightmare. Forgets to um, take her for the milkshake. So let's fast forward 20 years later. This little girl is now married. Husband has committed, promised, I'm going to take you out, out tonight for supper, honey. So on the way back home, he gets a flat tire legitimately. He's 45 minutes late. When he walks through the door, he gets it. She freaks on him. She screams at him like you so, and he's like, what the heck is going on here? But he doesn't realize that this lady is not screaming at him primarily. She's still screaming at her father. Still screaming at her father who wounded her 20 years ago. Baggage. Baggage. You see, we underestimate the impact of our past. It's like an operating system under, under the surface. And it influences our emotions. It influences our thinking. It influences how we feel and see about certain things. If we allow those wounds to define us, it will destroy our relationships. Because there's this massive, it's like, you know, when, when, when one person has got baggage, that's a problem. When two people have baggage, you build like this mountain between one another, and it's like, you can't connect. There's too much stuff in the way. So how does God set us free? Because He wants to set us free from this. But I, I, I firstly want to highlight this to you. Because God is, He wants to set us free from this. He wants to help us. You know, one good way of looking at it, it's not baggage. It's just luggage that you still need to unpack. Okay, so we're gonna, how do we unpack our luggage? How do we unpack the things that we are carrying with us? Because if you want healthy relationships, this is absolutely critical. And also to understand how someone else is wired and how they work. Okay, so we usually, when we marry someone, you marry them but not only them, you marry the ex and the ex and the mom, and there's a whole line of people that is influenced. You know, like when you get married, one of the best ways of really blessing your wife is to tell her, honey, but my mother did it like this. Painful, painful. I'm already starting to pray for my boy because his mom is amazing. So I'm like, Jesus, no woman is ever going to, never, ever going to be good enough because my mama does it like this, you know? So no, don't do that. Just forget about, forget about your mom did it. We need to evaluate what are the things that influence us. And if you've been through something traumatic, it will guaranteed will influence you. You deceive yourself if you think you're not being influenced by the past, until you deal with it. Until you deal with it. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at how to be set free. Okay, so how do we unpack? How do we unpack our bags? Okay, 1 John 3 verse 60. Who wants to unpack their bags? Okay, only some people have bags. Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. 1 John 3 verse 16. 
Okay, I'm going to give you just three keys. How to unpack your bags. By this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. By this we know love. For he laid down his life. So what did Jesus do? When he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, Father, not my will be done, but yours be done. In other words, he laid down self. If you want to unpack your bags, you need to lay down self. I said it last week, you need to get over yourself. Because when self is in the way, baggage is amplified. When I am self-focused, when I am bordering on basically then pride, then my baggage is amplified. When I humble myself, when I choose to put the other person's deal before my own, then I'm able to deal with the, the past does not get in the way as much, and I can just love. Okay, so you need to get over yourself. This is so important. Let's say it, I'm going to get over myself. This is powerful. Get over yourself. I heard some wonderful testimonies from last week's message of of how the Lord brought reconciliation into people's lives. Just beautiful, beautiful reconciliation of people that weren't speaking to one another for years. So God is good. He wants wants reconciliation. Life is short. You can't go through life with issues with people. At least from your side, clean it up. But you need to, we need to do the same as Jesus. We also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, for the sake of someone. I know I need to deal with my stuff for the sake of my son, for the sake of our family, for the sake of this church and our church family. I can't carry stuff from the past with me, even though life may happen tomorrow. Someone might say something, do something. Life might happen tomorrow, but I know I need to deal with it. I need to deal with it as soon as possible so I can be free to love well. God wants you to love well, but you need to first lay down self. You know, the question I felt the Lord asked me recently, beginning of the year, can I trust you? Can I trust you with everything I have planned for you? Whether it be finances, whether it be the anointing of God, whether it be influence, position, authority, whatever that might be, can I trust you? Because if I am wounded and I don't deal with my woundedness, if I don't deal with those stuff, I'm not trustworthy to love well. So my question to you is, can God trust you? Can he trust us with everything he has planned for us? Can he? But then we need to be set free. We need to lay down self. So that's the first one, lay down self. It's not about you. I said it last week. It's not about you. Get over yourself. Let's say it. I'm getting over myself. Because when we are self-focused, we are vulnerable to fear. Because I'm protecting myself. When we let go of self and we place someone else before us, then we can love well. And the mission is we want to love well. We want to be a beautiful bride, a beautiful people with wonderful godly relationships. But so we need to deal with our stuff. Another area that is a challenge is get over yourself is you need to go there. You cannot ignore your past. 
You cannot ignore the things that are open wounds. Don't mess around with the scars. That's healed. That's fine. If it's an open wound, you need to deal with it. Because someone's going to put their finger in there, and then you're going to blow. Or you're going to respond with ungodliness or anger or hatred or fear or whatever. So you need to what is get over yourself. Yes, it's humbling. It's humbling to tell someone, hey, yo, that hurt me. That's an issue in my life. I, I, why, why am I overreacting like this? Why am I over-responding in this area? I need to get healed up. So we need, you need to sort out that, that the, pride, the pride aspect, and you need to humble yourself. You want to minif- minimize those areas. So let's unpack our bags. Let's unpack our bags. How? Get over yourself and go there. Go there, go there, go there. Pray about it. Bring it before the Lord. You know, with, with Sonic and me, you know, when, when we'd have some form of conflict, which only happens once in 10 years or so, praise Jesus. I'm kidding, obviously. Um, you know, and, and then there's emotions in the thing, and we're now starting to say things that we should not be saying now because we're upset. You know, when you're upset, don't speak. Walk away. You know, Stop. You know, and then what happens, you know, I would go somewhere, she would go somewhere, and, we, and I would just like pray a little bit, try and read the word, but I know I've got an issue here. I can't live there. I can't make it. And after I've calmed down, after I've cooled down, then I would get up, go to my wife, and say, I am sorry. Profound three words, those three I am sorry. It's 90% her fault, but I am sorry. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Usually it's my fault. Usually it's my fault. But that is so powerful because in the process you humble yourself. Do you know how to say sorry, I am sorry, you humble yourself? In other words, you get self out of the way. You, you, you close the door to the enemy. You dissolve the issue by saying, I am sorry. And then you stop and you listen, but help me understand why did you react like you did. I didn't realize there's a wound over there on that day. They not pressed it and, you know, the punch came through. I, I didn't realize, but let's talk about that. Let, let, help me to understand so that I can love you well. So you need to communicate. You need to talk about those things. So this is how I am wired. I, I always wanted, why, why is there distance? Why is there space? Why, what's, ha- what's this in between? Let's deal. Let's, let's engage. Let's engage. You need to engage. You can't, if you don't deal with it, it will sit under, under the surface and it's going to blow up a week later. If you continuously deal with it, you're going to, then the wounds are gone. Okay, so the first one is, Get over yourself. Humble yourself. Second one, Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 19. We're talking about how to unpack our bags. Humble yourself. Look at this, Ephesians 3, verse 16. It says, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. So that's the one thing. We, we receive inner strength to do what is right, to have self-control, to love well, to like, okay, she's freaking out. I'm just going to take it. 
puck off. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have, I have inner strength. Because that's a sign of maturity. So I'm receiving strength from God so I can understand now, okay, someone's wounded, someone's hurt, now I'm gonna allow them just to unpack. Obviously not, there will be boundaries with unpacking. They can't just rip you to shreds and cuss you to death and whatever else. They say, whoa, 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 no, we don't talk like that in this house. No, we don't scream in this house. There's, 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 there's ways of engagement, rules of engagement. And it should be in any, any area, work environment, etc. You know, you can always, you know, even if you're the employee, you can still lay down boundaries and say, uh, sorry, sir, but you don't speak to me like that. No, you can't swear at me, and no, you can't cuss at me. Unacceptable. I'll come back when you've calmed down, you know? Don't, 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 don't take abuse. Abuse is not the sign of being strong. Laying down boundaries is a sign of being a powerful person. Okay, then verse 17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Oh, that's the, that's the key one. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. You see, fear is to not trust. But, but the scripture says, as you trust in him. As you choose to not allow fear to reign in your life, but to trust in God, Christ comes in. And when Christ, when the Spirit of Christ comes into our hearts and lives, baggage gets out. There's no space. The weights that we've been carrying, it must go out. So, so, uh, so beautiful. Um, Vian, our son, he uh, shared with Sonica yesterday that he, he, he hasn't, he had a nightmare, or sometimes he has a nightmare. And he says how he handles it uh, is by saying, God is in me, I will not be afraid. And now he told Sonica, it's so beautiful, within one or two seconds, the nightmare disappears. And then he told her as well that that just strengthens his faith so much in God, because why would a nightmare just go? It reveals him the reality of God. You know, but we need to have those, those moments, those declarations of truth, declarations of faith. God is in me. I will not be afraid. Let's say it together. Come on, with a, bit of, a little bit of passion. God is in me. I will not be afraid. Because when there's fear in a relationship, love is gone. You cannot love when fear is present. So we need to deal with the fear in our hearts, the fear of I'm going to get hurt again, the fear of how this person is going to treat me, the fear. So you need to break out of that how I trust in God. And then I choose to trust people. I'm going to break down those walls. I'm going to break down those walls. I'm going to remove that baggage, this obstacle between us. I choose to trust. I choose to trust. And then Christ will make his, his home in our hearts. And your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You know, when, we, when, when the source is God's love, then we become strong. And then verse 18, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. His love for you, it's more than enough. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete 
with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God, then you will be made complete. Then you will be made whole. It is His love that heals us and restores us. I don't care how long you've been a Christian or what leadership positions you might attain to or or how manly and strong you are. We all need the love of God. We all need the love of the Father to heal us on the inside and to give us the capacity to love well, especially in the sight of a wounded person that might be attacking us. We are called to love well. And God wants His bride to be made whole. So allow the love of God into those areas. I know it's hard. It's hard. I know it is difficult. So I want to I invite you, if you haven't done, to join us for Encounter 3. It's a week-long opportunity to, to bring some of these things before the Lord and to allow Him to heal and to restore and to set us free. Your relationships depend upon it. Your relationships depend upon it. And then just the last verse. Oh, sorry, just this one. Psalm 112, verse 7 to 8. This speaks about the trust. It says, they do not fear bad news. Who's they? Children of God. Those who know the Father. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. Let's, let's read that whole verse together. Can we do that from the start there? They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Isn't that beautiful? They are confident and fearless and they can face their wives confidently. I heard a guy said, you know, ask this question, because some people believe, you know, you don't need to, there's no fear of God needed anymore. A lot of the Old Testament speaks about the fear of God, the reverent awe of who God is. And so one guy asked this question, well, surely, I mean, have you been married? Saying there's no fear in in the relationship. Obviously, every man is afraid of his wife on one level or another. It's healthy. Healthy boundary. I often say, when my wife is near, sin is far. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, ladies. You keep us on the straight and the narrow. Okay, so the first one is, we need to get over ourselves. Especially some of us men. Yeah? Because cowboys don't cry. (laughs) Until they meet Jesus. Then they weep like a baby because Jesus heals us from the inside out. Yeah, so, so, so we need to be willing to humble ourselves, be real, and say, okay, I've got some stuff here. I need to, God, help me to unpack, unpack this luggage. Secondly, we need to say, but my trust is in God. Yes, it is, makes you feel vulnerable to share your emotions and to bring your stuff and share that with someone and to... Tell someone, well, this has happened in my life. Yes, it is. But put your trust in God. He will never fail you. And then that trust in God must move to trusting in people. I know it's a risk. It's a greater risk not to trust. Because you'll cut yourself off from people. 
Yes, and they have, maybe someone has disappointed you and someone has disappointed you. I've just positioned myself in this place. I'm going to love you. I'm going to choose to trust people. If they misuse the trust, well, that's just life. But I'm, my positioning is I'm going to love. And that's a risk I take. But I can't love well if I don't choose to trust. Okay, so trust. And then the last one, just want to read the verse. 1 Peter 4 verse 8. Now, this is very important. This is a key. This is huge. This is huge. 1 Peter 4 verse 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sin. So have fervent above all things. Above every other possible thing that you might prioritize, above anything that you can think of, above it all, have a passionate love for others. In what way? For love will cover up to five sins. Tick, 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 you're out. No, a multitude of sins. So how, how can you do this? How can you do this in the sight of a, a boss that might be abusive? The only way is to have compassion on the man. How do you, how do you handle someone that is treating you like dirt? The only way that you can cover their sins, the only way you can love them is to have compassion on them to realize, well, you know, he was abused as a child. He's a broken man. He has never learned how to love. He has never experienced love himself. So I'm going to give him love. I'm going to give her love. You see, love makes a plan. Love makes a plan. Love chooses to believe the best about somebody. Love chooses to give them mercy and grace. Love chooses to say, well, in the light of everything that Jesus has done for a miserable sinner like me, surely I can give you the same. I can give you mercy. I can give you grace. Love covers. Love makes a plan. This is the best way just to help you. If you want to learn how to love someone that feels like, yo, it's really hard. I've seen this. I've seen where Sonic and I have chosen to give people compassion where others did not, and their hearts became bitter and angry and disconnected them from God, while we are free. Compassion. Say compassion. Have compassion on somebody. Guys, have compassion on your wife. You're not a woman. It's hard to be a woman. Ladies, have compassion on your husband. It's hard to be a man. <laughs> All the men say Amen. I think it's harder to be a woman. But uh, ladies, say amen. <laughs> this is such so important for us. If we're going to have healthy relationships, we need to get over ourselves humble. Choose to trust in God, remove the fear from the relationship. And thirdly, have compassion. You can only really have compassion. You need to get over yourself. They hurt you, but get over yourself. Have compassion. It's the only way. 
to be truly, truly set free. Amen. So let's unpack our bags. Let's remove the clutter from our relationships. God is wanting to heal the marriages in this church. God is wanting to restore the relationships. But we need to position ourselves in a place where we allow the Lord to work His amazing, amazing love. So I want to release hope and life over you. Amen.